Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, hello, hello. This is the COB, all the stuff you need to know about the day in business and markets. I'm Nadine Blaney. And I'm Danny Okuye. So, Danny, it was another shocking session. It was. It's been grim the last few days, hasn't it? Those, uh, those central banks, you know, hiking rates overseas and spooking the markets, yields going mm. up, Aussie dollar under uh, 67 cents this yeah. afternoon. So it is a mega risk off. I just saw somebody I follow on Twitter say, you know, the Australian market, it goes up by the staircase and down <laughs> by the elevator or the lift, whatever we want to call it here. So here's a look at uh, where we sit, you know, the last of the day's trades going through the S&P ASX 200. But I mean, things went from bad yeah. to progressively worse this afternoon. Absolutely. Um, that selling accelerated into the afternoon, although it's quite good to see it stabilized at least, and unlike yesterday <laughs> yeah. that just kept on going. So I think we've lost, what, about 3% in the last two days. It's something yeah. around that order of magnitude. So all that buying that we had, remember, everyone was so bullish after supposedly those hawkish RB, I mean, dovish RBA minutes. Yeah. Everyone came buying in. Well, that's all disappeared now. Week to date, looks like we'll close down more than 2%. So there yet to go. your point, we had seven straight sessions of gains all coming to an abrupt end because inflation mm. is proving to be very sticky, isn't it? In countries like the UK, that's one of our key themes. I mean, yep. that 50 basis point hike that we saw from the Bank of England, yeah, that was chunky. Was chunky, yeah, it was a shock. Markets have not priced that. Even after that inflation read came in hot, you know, knew that there was gonna be a hike, but 50 basis points was not expected. And we've got these global PMIs coming right around yeah. the world tonight. Yeah. And so That'll markets are just pretty fragile yeah. ahead of that data. And to your point in the wake of not just the BOE, but hearing more from Fed Chair Powell. Absolutely. And also to Norway, hike 25 yeah, basis we'll points. About it. Switzerland, 25 basis points, very hawkish. And it's interesting that those rates in the UK, highest level since April 2008. Not that we're going to be the harbingers of doom or anything, but yeah. You know, it's high and it's moving bond yields and obviously equities don't like it when bond yields move up and commodities go down. Let's take a look at what led this market lower and look no further than energy. Energy uh, was terrible. We saw yeah. oil prices down by about 4% Correct. in the overnight period. Um, I'm just reading here, just flashed up on Reuters, worst week of 2023 so far. You know, really concerns about growth as well. That's despite, um, you know, the China stimulus that we saw coming through this week. I mean, that was sort of priced in well to market. So, yeah, oil stocks absolutely tumbling as crude can, extends those OPEC falls. won't be happy. 
No, no, <laughs> Saudis, most significantly. Exactly. They'll be, they'll be on the phone to the Russians, so stop selling behind the back door, please. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, will the Russians listen? Hey, I'm not going to bet my house on that. Uh, speaking of house, <laughs> that's yes. a clunky segue. <laughs> but the REITs, REITs are uh, another yeah. sector that's under a lot of pressure. Correct. Yeah, Mervac particularly off 3.74%. As I suppose concerns around, well, we've got these huge housing shortages, but the cost of building houses is absolutely absolutely skyrocketed and affordability has deteriorated substantially. Do you know what I read today that an Australian is being added, I think they are implying through migration, I don't know if birth was included in that, every 47 seconds. It's a bit frightening. It is. Where are we all going to go and on what roads and everything else? Look, uh, let's go on to gold. The gold sector was a big loser. Actually, I think we've got financials and I was just on my computer checking what Macquarie did because Macquarie um, was, you know, sold down really heavily like yesterday. Again, today off by about 2%. But there's gold and there's the banks. Yeah, Macquarie yeah. there at 172. ANZ leading the pack though there mm-hmm. in that one. That's that a might, big drop. Yeah, it might have something to do. I don't know if anything on the uh, the Suncorp um, right. bank. I don't know if anything's going on there. Gold, not, hard, not surprising. Um, US dollar is still, still strong and gold will not respond until you actually get weaker real yields but uh, yeah pretty much across the board except for Newcrest probably being supported because of the takeover offer. Yeah miners uh, in general so BHP is off by a percentage point Rio Tinto so outperforming the market if you want to put it in that context. The only real green that I can see as the match out continues is a little bit in utilities a little bit in consumer staples and CSL so real defensive parts of the market. I gotta say, Danny, it's pretty boring out there in terms of corporate news today. <laughs> yes, not a lot, was no, it? No, no. Um, look, I've managed to pull through a couple stories. Cochlear uh, was coming oh, under yes. pressure. That was because of the UK. So the UK blocked part of uh, medical purchase, so yeah. that has not done good things for the share price. Hello World, it uh, did buy a travel group, and uh, yeah, its share price getting hammered off the back of that. Um, Cecil. Up by 2%, had a trading update out. Oh, okay. We did speak with the CEO, and you can catch up with that because I know you're dying to (laughs) online or in today's episode of The Call. I'm just being facetious because it's a Friday. We've got Friday feels around here. Um, It's a Friday, so I hosted The Call. John's Ling Group, um, again down today. The broker's weighing in after its update yesterday. It was one of the worst performers, wasn't it, yesterday? Yeah, it was the worst Mm. performer. It was really interesting because the management weren't as bearish as what the stock price did, but clearly the brokers are concerned about growth going forward. Growth going forward, and uh, my guests on The Call were also saying, you know, like, it's not a cheap stock. It's been a market darling. Mm. Let's listen to what they have to say. not a buying opportunity unless you're a super short-term trader looking for some bounce or whatever i can't predict if there's going to be a bounce maybe there will be um but unless you're just some pip trader looking for a bounce i think there's no possibility that i would call this a buy on the fundamentals just because what has happened if you look at sociologically i think that that's a very useful framework sociological framework you're looking at what are people saying what are people thinking you know investing's about what do i think this is worth but it's also about what the other people think it's worth and am i above or below them And what we had with JLG is uh, in the run-up in the last uh, couple of years, this became a a super fundy favorite. And I Mm -hmm. think that the first funds that got on board like maybe three years ago or more 
they, they had a perceptive thesis, which is, look, this is a beneficiary of increased catastrophes. So as we have more bushfires, floods, et cetera, et cetera, which is the long-term forecast, then these guys should do well because they're just, they, they are getting that insurance work. But the, uh, the problem is, is that that doesn't mean any price is the right price for this company. And I think it is a quality company. It's all about, I guess, the price that you pay for it. Probably a little bit too early for us to start to pour into this one, but uh, we do like the construction space. And I think uh, given the consolidation in the industry, there's every chance that a big name, a strong performing name like JLG picks up market share from these companies going under. Um, so a little bit too early to accumulate for the long term, but it is a, is a good company to have on your watch list. Um, if you're after something right now that makes money right now benefiting from it, we'd probably prefer CSR. So there's the verdict on John Ling's group, at least according to uh, those two guests. I'm just going to check out where it ended today. Looks like down a further 1.6%. Yep. Danny, should we welcome our special guest back into the program, Shane Oliver from AMP Capital. I hope you had a wonderful holiday, Shane, but we're happy to have you back on a Friday. Um, what's going on? Like, What has soured sentiment so much? I think the good news for me was that I was away for two and a bit weeks and, and share markets were pretty benign. Uh, often when I go away, the share markets have a tumble. So I was relieved <laughs> at that. But uh, no sooner that I get back and uh, the, the, uh, the bad news starts to, to, to roll out there. I think it's mainly about uh, central banks. Uh, the markets took it, the, uh, the Fed's move in their stride last week. Um, but this week, I think when you've got, uh, obviously, the Fed talking again, uh, talking about more rate hikes to come, albeit at a more moderate pace, but particularly the Bank of England uh, after those very high inflation numbers earlier in the week, and also the Norwegians, um, more aggressive than would have been thought, uh, both of those central banks referring to, to worries about wages growth. Um, I think that's what's got markets worried. And, it's, of course, it's hit our market as well because investors have heard the Reserve Bank talk about uh, wage worries in Australia. There's more anecdotes of uh, companies or industries granting wage rises in line with inflation or catch up to inflation. Uh, and that, of course, won't be going down too well with the Reserve Bank. So I think that's what's weighing on markets. Uh, but by the same token, you've got to allow that markets did get very overbought globally. Uh, we are coming into the September quarter, which is known to be quite volatile. Uh, and so yeah, even if these worries about central banks prove to be a non-event, um, you know, we are vulnerable to a bit of a pullback through this, uh, you know, to work off the overbought conditions. Absolutely. Now, Shane, uh, I tweeted it and someone else tweeted, I think, uh, another media organisation, your quote today about the risk of recession in Australia is now very high. So can you give us uh, your assessment on why you've come to that proposition? Well, I guess we sort of got there three weeks ago when I, I last spoke to you, and that was the day the the, uh, the Fair Work Commission granted the bigger than expected increases in the minimum wage and uh, ward wages, and that got uh, Diana Messina, my colleague, and I very concerned that uh, you know the Reserve Bank's going to be very worried about that. They're going to raise interest rates by more. We obviously saw that a few weeks ago, uh, and that at a time when there's already a lot of pain bearing down on the household sector. 
Like I, I know baby boomers aren't getting affected by this as much, and Generation X aren't as affected as much by it. But uh, if you're a millennial, uh, got in recently the mortgage market, the property market, you've got massive amount of debt, and now you're seeing interest rates double, more than double from where they were um, just over a year ago. That's going to cause a lot of pain out there and obviously runs with it the risk of recession. It also reminds me to some degree of what I saw earlier in my career where the central bank, the Reserve Bank, kept raising interest rates uh, in the late 80s. Of course, a uh, very different world back then, much lower levels of debt, so interest rates had to go a lot higher. But then we ended up having the recession we had to have. And that was despite many economists saying right through 88 and 89 how resilient the economy was. The Reserve Bank has to keep going in the event. They did keep going and we ended up with a with a recession. So I'd have to say there are some parallels with that uh, episode. Uh, and I, I, I think the worries about wages um, will obviously be concerning the Reserve Bank. I can understand that. But the danger is they've already done quite a lot. And we are going to see, I think, what a... Um, sharp slowdown, if not a recession in the economy over the next uh, the next 12 months. But do they have a choice? I mean, just look at the UK. That inflation read was so punchy and the central bank there had to respond accordingly. They did. And they've also got a problem with wages growth. The wage number over there is running north of 7%, uh, which is a major, major problem. Um, and that, of course, runs this risk that you, you get these second round effects where inflation persists at those higher levels. Um, you've now got core inflation over there at 7.1% still rising. That's the black line in that chart there. So that's yeah, you know, a worse situation than we've got in Australia. Um, and therefore, I think there is a bit more flexibility in Australia than in the UK. Uh, latest wage numbers are down still below 4%, so nowhere near where we are in the UK. But by the same token, um, yes, there are concerns out there. If you've got the Fair Work Commission granting an 8-point-something percent wage rise for minimum wage earners, that has a uh, an influencing effect on other industries and other wage claims and then does run the risk that you end up going down the same path as the UK. And, of course, that's what the Reserve Bank uh, we'll be worried about, and that, that's why they're probably going to be raising interest rates again. But we do think it, it runs a very high risk of knocking us into recession. Uh, last but not least, now, if you were a betting man, which you're not, Shane, but you did cite that the September quarter uh, typically can be quite volatile. I mean, I think the re the resilience in markets, particularly the US this year, actually all of them, I mean, the up to have been very strong. Do you think we're going to see that big sell-off now coming into markets as we move into more of confession season here in Australia and reporting season as well as the US quarterly um, earnings coming up? Well, it's it, it's a major risk. It, it, interestingly, when you look at the the monthly pattern, July is often not too bad, including in Australia. You get a bit of uh, tax loss selling in June, where people sell losing stocks to get down their capital gains tax bill, and then they buy back in in July. Um, so July is often okay, but I, I'd probably be using that as an opportunity. If you did get a, rally, a bounce from here, using that as an opportunity to lighten up a bit. Um, because yeah, I, th I think there is a good chance we'll see a rougher patch as we go through August, September into early October. Um, the worry list is quite significant, but markets don't seem to be too worried about it at present. Obviously, recession fears, if you look at the leading indicator for the US, it had another fall when it came out again overnight. 
um, is already in recession sort of territory along with the averted yield curve um, and the risks are growing in Australia. All of those things are going to weigh on company profits um, as we go through this quarter. Um, that said, you could argue there is light at the end of the tunnel. Our inflation leading indicator for the US is falling. The US has led other countries, so that ultimately should take pressure off central banks. And on a 12-month year, we'll probably do okay. But I do think in the next three months, it's going to be a, a pretty rough ride. More importantly, Shane, just reading through your notes, are you buying Taylor Swift tickets? <laughs> well, I'm not yet, but I'm feeling kind of nervous about it that I, that I might end up missing out yeah. because uh, I, I'm pretty sure it's going to be a, a crowd of people. You've got old people like me wanting to get Taylor Swift uh, tickets, and I do, um, along with lots of other people, um, other demographics who are even bigger fans than my demographic is, uh, then I think uh, it might be a bit of a struggle. But uh, fingers crossed yeah. and I'll, I'll get some tickets. Yeah. But, um, like I, I got, I I became a Taylor Swift convert uh, soon after I discovered 1989. So that was back in 2015 when I, I came across that album. Uh, Reputation was fantastic. I loved um, Lover. Some fantastic songs there. Ever ever more and uh, sorry, uh, folklore and and ever more. Hopefully I've got those two right. Didn't impress me as much. Not a bit too quiet, a bit too slow for me. Yeah. But she came back last year with her latest album and Antihero has grown on me. So, I, I mean, I, yeah, I am a big Taylor Swift fan. Um, she's up there with Kylie in my books. Oh, yeah, I know. Kylie's got a new song out, which I did listen to very briefly. And I must admit, it didn't work for me. I like some of the older stuff. <laughs> well, Shane, I have two little girls who are dying to go see Taylor Swift as well. And I would love, like, it would be a bucket list to to bump into you at the Taylor Swift concert. So let's hope it happens. <laughs> That'd be fun. That'd All be right, good. Shane, have uh, have a good weekend. We'll see you soon. You too. Joining Take us care. from AMP Capital. Learn a new thing every day. All right, market leaders, shall we? Um, what led the pack? Endeavor. <laughs> there we go. Endeavor. Endeavor is looking at buying more hotel assets. That ah. was out today. So they're seeing a lot of opportunities coming to them and they're going to use this period uh, to actually uh, add, add to their suite of hotels, shall I say, and, and wine assets and mm -hmm. everything as well. And uh, Fletcher Building downgraded again this week, but um, the you know, people that I've spoken to, it was yeah. no news today, but it's just picking itself back up from the initial sell-off. But, um, you know, I've spoken with a few people who are pretty positive on Fletcher Building going forward. Interesting, Spark New Zealand is uh, in the mix as well. Yep. You know that it's um, sort of a quiet day, also a defensive day when you start seeing Spark in there. ResMed, I think that's a bit of a mistake only because we've got probably the US one there. It's up by just a pretty modest half of 1% again on no news. And same same thing with Coles. Coles it's defensive. just totally a defensive picture being painted there. Um, Lagards, what was the big drag? Tilix. Oh, well, it had been rallying mm -hmm. like an absolute bandit and it went to all-time highs. So it's probably not surprising that uh, you've got some, because they had some good news that came out, acquisitions yeah, they did. and things. And I think they made some sort of a deal with somebody in the UK. Apologies, Tilix, but you've got a lot of news flow. It's hard to keep up with it sometime. Also today, interestingly, Jefferies lifted its price target to 1450 So still wow. that there's quite a bit of upside Gee. to go. Um, Life 3. 360 was either one of the best performing or worst performing uh, this week. But um, yeah, tech giving it back up uh, clearly today. And Gold Road, that production downgrade, still yep, hurting it. Absolutely. And Woodside, well, we've discussed that. Mm. Uh, a lot of weakness there in the commodities market, particularly energy.
Yeah, um, small to mid caps. Let's see what was moving the market there today. Oh, lithium. Bubs. Yeah, <laughs> lithium was a sort of a theme this week. And um, Bubs as well, updated on FDA approvals. That's good for it. Bougainville Copper, gosh, that's an, a blast from the past. Really? Yeah, I think that's, yeah. Yeah, mm. all mm. right. Um, next page, please. And we can see there that we've got, well, I don't know the stories behind any of them. No. Our colleague Kyle will be very disappointed in me not knowing what's going on with some of those names. Um, what's going on tonight, those global PMIs? Yes, that we discussed. indeed, indeed. And we've also got the regional Fed presidents, Bullard and Mester, talking. So it'll be interesting to see uh, on which side are they come up mm-hmm. in terms of, uh, I think Bullard's been quite hawkish, hawkish. hasn't he? Yeah, and Mester's Mester, quite hawkish. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Uh, now, next week, look, we get retail sales here. We get a monthly inflation read. That's going to be really interesting. The Fed's uh, watching the PC core deflator Which is their closely. main indicator that yeah. they like to look at. And China PMI. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of other stuff happening, but that was sort of the best yeah. of the bunch. And uh, just now that we've seen that final match out coming through, um, look, we've got the local market down by 1.3%. Yep. So just hanging above, you know, 7,000 or just below 7,100 for the S&P ASX 200. So week to date, Danny, down by 2%. That was a big fizzle. Absolutely, a big fizzle. But some questioned why it ever went up so much in the first Mm. place. And just looking at the Aussie dollar, 66 spot 95. So that is under the 67 level. And I think the futures are also looking a bit soft in the US at the moment. They're all in the red. So maybe it's a good time to wrap up. Yeah, especially when you look at (laughs) the Hong Kong market down by close to two percent china mainland market some of course they're closed uh you know it's just it's it's pretty negative out there right now it is well let's go enjoy our weekend then shall we okay i hope you have a happy healthy weekend and we look forward to seeing you next week please do go online and catch up with anything you may have missed bye When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.